This call is now being recorded. All right, guys. Welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I'm your host, as always, David Coward. And today with me, I have Alexander Fleiss. Uh, he is the CEO of Rebellion Research. And um, I'd like to bring him on the show right now to introduce himself. And then we're going to get started talking about uh, quite a few different subjects. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on today, David. Really appreciate it. Great to be here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. And uh, so... So what is uh, what is Rebellion Research? What is it that you guys do that's different from other? Uh, you're you're doing AI and machine learning for investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, David, we are a robo advisor that uses machine learning to create portfolios that have, over the last 11 years, consistently outperformed hedge funds. And when I say consistently, I mean about 80% of the time. Our machine learning takes in data from 53 countries on a daily basis and runs its historical database, which goes back to 1995, every night. So it is really on top of the global economy. At the same time, it is looking for uh, the best investments. So it is also tracking uh, the best hedge funds and mutual funds. So it's essentially trying to find the best economic pockets around the globe that are being bought by the best-performing hedge funds and mutual funds. Now, these portfolios are created for our clients who right now are in about 34 countries. And, you know, you can open an account uh, at rebellionresearch.com with just $5,000. And we're actually available in 73 countries. So, you know, one day, hopefully, we have uh, accounts in all of those. But um, in the meantime, we're offering hedge fund returns to... Uh, really anyone and everyone. Uh, at the same time, you know, we're managing institutions and pension funds and, you know, uh, you know, wealthy family offices. But, you know, we're also available to, you know, rice farmers in Vietnam and, you know, astronomers in France. Um, our, our clientele uh, really spans the gauntlet uh, around the world. Oh, that's that's really cool because, I mean, you know, a lot of companies, they, they tend to specialize um in one group, one one set type of investors, whereas, you know, kind of opening it up to everybody kind of gets you more to uh, to work with and a broader... I guess, well, we, we founded the company with the premise that there is, uh, you know, no, you know, secret sauce. There is no key to investing. And, you know, we essentially told our system, you know, we have no idea how to invest, but uh, here is as much information as we can put together for you. And our system on its own, uh, you know, it, it's really, it, it's like a pattern searching. It's not, uh, you know, people think, you know, Terminator, and it, it gets very, um, you know, aggressive uh, in people's minds. But, you know, really, we've created, uh, you know, complex math strategies that are looking for patterns. They're just simply trying to find the strongest economic pockets and the best managers buying you know, uh, those stocks in those best pockets. So, you know, it, it's really just learning uh, every year, uh, you know, how to decide, you know, what is the best, uh, what are the best economies and, you know, which are the best funds to track. So it's, uh, you know, it, do, it does get better, actually. Last year and the year before were its uh, two best years in terms of predictiveness. It's over the last 20 years done about, a 63% accuracy, but in the last two years, it's actually been a little bit higher. So it is getting smarter. Um, but at the same time, our 
system will do any type of investing, global, macro, growth, value. In 2008, when there was the financial crisis, the system got extremely defensive. It saw the economy tanking and really going into the toilet, so the system looked for monopolies and defensive companies like graveyard companies and alcohol companies and tobacco companies, those firms that would not necessarily prosper but would survive an economic freeze the best. So actually in 2008, our system had uh, uh, gigantic outperformance uh, because the entire year predicted a, a crash. And then actually, if you read the book Dark Pools by uh, Wall Street Journal reporter Scott Patterson, um, it's actually a New York Times bestseller list. Um, chapter 26 is on our firm, RebellionResearch.com, and profiles how our uh, robot saw the U.S. economy um, stabilizing and it saw green shoots as early as February of 2009. So after being very defensive in 2008, the system went aggressive and uh, returned as much as 57% actually for clients. So it was a, a gigantic year uh, right after uh, being defensive in 2008. So, you know, the the robot can be very dynamic. It can, you know, decide it hates all of Europe within two weeks um, or decide that, you know, gold went from a buy to a sell or that, you know, for instance, last year the system loved the Chinese market and then by, you know, April it hated the Chinese market. And um, so actually it's, you know, we, we sold out of China and avoided a 30% drop. Um, and then after the market dropped, the AA went, went back and bought uh, the Chinese market again for clients. So, um you know, it, it, it's really, um, it's a very fundamental system. Every, it's not, you know, opaque. There's no smoke and mirrors. Every single trade it makes, it will present 50 to 200 factors uh, of why it bought that. And so, you know, we feed the system, you know, 100 balance sheet factors, 100 uh, income statement and cash flow factors, plus all of the mutual fund and hedge funds. And so, for instance, if a mutual fund that has a very bad track record of buying a consumer company buys a consumer company, that will make that consumer company less attractive to our AI. So it tracks every related, um, you know, asset and everything that has a correlation with it. And so, for instance, another thing or another example of how our AI learns is, is with Australia. In 1991, Australia had an 8% correlation with, or, you know, it, it, with the, when I say 8%, had 8% of its economy was uh, uh, selling to China. And today it's about 40 45%. And so our system has learned on its own uh, that the Australian economy is extremely tied to China. And so it, it's really a phenomenal system in that it takes in all levels of economic data. It, uh, it looks at the individual company's financials. It looks at the holders of the company. It looks at the country that it's in. It also analyzes the currencies because you have to realize that every asset, from you know a stock uh, to, to a home, anything, is the numerator over the denominator, which is the currency. And so, for Rebellion, where we have many international clients, you know, you've got currencies like the Brazilian real, which lost half their value. And the Saudi Arabian, uh, you know, Riyadh lost 70% of its value. So all of a sudden, you have to realize that when you're dealing with, uh, you know, global investments, there are, you know, uh, many, many, many factors at play. And so, you know, if 
currency you know goes into trouble uh that alone uh, can be a negative factor to keep the system away from an entire area so in 2014 when oil started crashing the system saw a very high correlation between oil and the brazilian uh real and the russian ruble and so all russian and brazilian investments were sold because of the weakness in oil uh and so, you know, it's uh, it's a very simple system. Also, it's not, you know, like I said, it's, it's not complex. Um, you know, another well-known example was uh, when the system sold GM for uh, Mercedes-Benz. GM had a four and a half times cash flow multiple, and Mercedes-Benz had a three and a half times cash flow multiple. The system liked both companies for a hundred of the same you know, reasons, but because Mercedes-Benz was cheaper. It preferred Mercedes-Benz to GM. So, like I said, it, though it's complicated AI, it, it, it can really have some very, you know, simple, uh, you know, uh, answers. So I also teach AI in financial markets at Cornell University's Financial Engineering School, and uh, you know, often you know, students will really try to overthink problems and uh, you know, o overthink uh, you know, the design of their AI systems. And so I, I always try to emphasize. It's got to work from a simple standpoint. You know, it's 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 not going to work with a million pieces of data if it can't work with five pieces of data. Right. Yeah. And that, and that sounds like, from what I'm getting from what you you've talked about, is it's it's a very simple, straightforward system that analyzes data very well um, because it can do it simply and is able to make all those moves and see all these things coming because of that. Oh yeah. No. So. Uh, yeah, and it tells you, you know, why. You know, it'll it'll say, you know, I, I like Domino's because, you know, over the last five years, Domino's has traded at, uh, you know, this you know, PE, and now it's at this PE, and over the last uh, ten years, you know, seventy percent of its mutual funds and hedge funds that own it have, on average, beaten, uh, you know, the average consumer stock. So, um, you know, it's really you can just you know, very very simple logic behind uh, how it operates. Um, and so that gets you into. Do you know IBM's Watson, the um, technology that the machine learning technology that uh, you know uh, became the ultimate Jeopardy champion? Uh, you know that that's a different type of machine learning that tries to answer you know very specific questions. And you know, for instance, IBM tried to make that work in the financial markets, and they had uh, and they have had terrible time. And so far, they've not really been able to come up with. Uh, you know, much success, and that's because you know when you're trying to do you know, direct recall, there are so many pieces of data that it almost comes to noise. And so, it, something that made our AI successful is though it'll look at you know up to you know 10 million pieces of data overnight. It's actually much less than traditional machine learning, which would look at billions of pieces of data. So, you know, limiting the actual data was important for us as well. But at this point, you know, we just signed up a Weather Channel uh, anchor who did a 30-second TV spot for us. So, um, you know, we're really um, trying to get out there and tell our story, um, say, you know, if you have a TD Ameritrade account or a Schwab account, you know, we can, you know, for very, very low fees, um, manage your account for you. Or if you have a Betterment or a Wealthfront account, you know, uh, and you want to try to, outperform the markets, you know, consider rebellion research. You know, with the traditional robo-advisor, you have to realize, just buys the market. And so, you know, you're paying a fee on top of a fee, 
whereas you could just go and buy the market directly in any brokerage account. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and it it's definitely sounds like, you know, what you guys are doing is, is definitely working, obviously, <laughs> because, you know, you're looking at the right data points and cutting out all that noise, because I think that's what, you know, you, you watch, uh, you know, stock trading and stuff on, on television, and, and all these guys are like, oh, you know, the market's crashing, the market's doing great, and they're just back and forth all day long, and it's just like, okay, you need to focus and pay attention to, you know, what you're actually looking at. Oh, no, that's a great point. I mean, you feel human beings are passionate and irrational and... You know, they all follow each other. And so if one, you know, rat runs to one side of the ship, all of the other rats will follow. And, you know, you know we human beings are just like that. And so, you know, uh, the media decided that uh, things were getting worse. And everybody, I, I don't want to say the media created the sell-off, but there's good evidence that maybe the media did create the sell-off last fall. The media created a portrait of a U.S. economy that was in, Decline, despite no data to the you know no data being to the contrary actually um so it, it it's really uh you know i i i'm you know very apolitical person but um the media uh you know i i i kind of feel like they kind of conned the american public uh, last fall and everybody and their brother decided to sell out of the market because it was two thousand eight again um despite yeah, no evidence to the contrary. Uh, there were no evidence and all evidence to the contrary. So, um, you know, you know, seeing beyond the the hype and the smoke and sticking to the numbers is very important. Uh, one of the reasons our AI is really a good bet for a you know, five to ten year uh, scale. You know, you really don't want to rely uh, on emotions. Emotions, you know, sell when stocks are low and buy when stocks are high, which is exactly what you don't want to do. But at the same time, you know, we can also take this conversation to 5G. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, 5G is very exciting. You've got the entire world changing in a way people don't even realize. I think 5G is going to impact uh, society and the planet in the next five to ten years far more uh, than robotics will, actually. Or, rather, if you will, the combination of 5G and robotic advancement is going to really, really uh, you know, jumpstart that whole the future is now. Uh, many of the ideas from the Jetsons will be available because of 5G. Uh, from you know, automated uh, cars to flying cars, uh, 5G will enable flying cars to be you know, very available. Um, you know, the problem with 4G is that you don't have as good you know connection. With 5G, uh, you know, beyond being able to download a movie in two or three seconds, uh, you know, you're going to be able to have uh, you know pinpoint GPS accuracy to to inches. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, automated cars will be uh, Many times more reliable. Uh, I mean, you're talking about power that's up to 100 times 4G. Or think about it this way: Uber is a hundred billion dollar company. Nobody could have ever imagined Uber before 4G was invented. And before 4G was invented, we never had apps on our phones. And so, because of 4G, all of these multi and hundred billion dollar companies became p possible. And so, with 5G, there's going to be hundred billion dollar companies that haven't even been invented yet. 
And so when people worry about job loss because of AI and automation, I say, oh, absolutely not. What's going to happen is you're going to get so many more services available. So many more companies are going to come about that, you know, I actually agree with McKinsey that there's going to be a, an increase in job need. And McKinsey sees 3.5 million uh, jobs being created from AI over, I think it's a 10-year period. And, you know, you have to realize that just these services like Uber that were never imagined before are going to be created. And, yes, we'll lose taxi drivers. But what's going to happen is, you know, people are going to be retrained. And it's not going to need to take four years, three years, two years. People will be able to be retrained in a few months, sometimes as little as three to four weeks. And so people will be getting higher salaries, making more money. The economy will become more and more diverse. So I actually, uh, you know, I see it being an absolute boon for the economy. Um, I, I, I see AI automation and 5G taking the U.S. economy to the next level. Um, I'm, I'm extremely bullish on our potential because of uh, all this technological advancement. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like you said, Uber, uh, the, the bird scooters that are all the rage now in, in many cities around the world and, and all of those things just wouldn't have been possible until 4G came around because you didn't have the technology and the connectivity. Well, well, think of this simple market. How many people have pets in the U.S.? It's like 120 million dog owners. But dog walkers are a very small part of the overall market because they're expensive. But if there was a reliable robot that could walk your dog for a very small fee, all of a sudden you have this huge market that was created that never existed before. And all of those jobs will be created to facilitate those companies that will create dog walking robots. That's just one little idea. My point is that there are going to be services in areas we could have never imagined. And so all these companies that are going to create new services that are, haven't been invented yet are going to need jobs, higher-paying jobs than taxi drivers or truck drivers. You know, there, there's a fun story from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory where uh, you know, uh, poor little Charlie Banks' father uh, loses his job at the toothpaste factory. And automation, uh, you know, kicks him out. But then he gets the job back fixing the robot that kicked him out inevitably. And that, that's kind of, I, I like that because that, that, that is the way things are going to be. People are going to have to get more skilled, but then they're going to get higher salaries on average over time. And so you're going to get a more diverse, higher paying economy. And so I think the U.S. economy has great, great potential because of our technological advancements. And by the way, we are the AI king. People talk about the Chinese AI bubble. Uh, we have 20 times the AI scientists that China has. All of the good Chinese AI scientists come to America as soon as they can. And the ones that don't get jobs for American companies go back to China. In fact, many of my students are Chinese, and the last thing they want to do is go back to China. They'll take a mediocre job in the U.S. over a good job in China to just stay here. So, uh, you know, when you have a you know, a natural attraction like that, it really helps drive our technological innovation when you really just, the labor force doesn't want to be there, they want to come here. So uh, on top of which, we are in the lead. We have uh, many more uh, large technology companies than China. But, you know, I, I don't see China so much as a threat. Many of my close friends are Chinese. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of saber rattling between the two countries to you know, save money from this side or that side. But uh, I think China's our friend, and I think uh, 
a very good partner for the next few decades. Oh yeah, yeah, they are doing a, a lot of great work, and and I, I see as uh, you know we uh, you know have a ne- great need for technological advancement. You know we're going to have to rely on other countries to help us out because, like you said, with all these job markets that are going to see this boom, you know we're going to need uh, all the help we can get <laughs> to keep that going. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know uh, we are. Uh, we're going to definitely want to import uh, more and more talent from other countries, and you know uh, we're going to be able to be selective and take the smartest people. Um, you know that that's obviously a political question: Do we want to take everybody versus just the smartest people? But I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, a scientist, a mathematician. I don't enter political arenas. I have no interest for that. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Plus, yeah. when you have thousands of clients, you really can't take one side or the other. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's best to just be neutral and, uh, you know, <laughs> stay out of that and just stick to what you do best or, or what your, what, what, the, what your lane is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I just put, uh, you know, horse blinders on to, uh, political news and I just stick to economic and financial, uh, news. You know, I, I'll, I'll read political news of foreign countries, uh, you know, to stay abreast of, you know, their issues, but, um, you know, domestic stuff. Uh, you know, this this first this guy versus that guy. I don't really, not really interested. I mean, what's going on in Venezuela? You know, does upset me greatly. Um, I have many Venezuelan friends, and uh, that's one political situation that has really gotten out of hand. Uh, that uh, most Americans don't realize that you know, hundreds of thousands of people are just absolutely starving to death down there. Um, it's probably the worst humanitarian crisis in our entire Western Hemisphere. So, uh, but. Uh, Anyway, let's not let's not even go there. No problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so as far as um, like ways to get in touch with you guys, the to, oh, to start yeah. that out, what's the best way to yeah. engage? Go to rebellionresearch.com, um, and you know you can click on open an account, or you can just go to you know. Info at rebellionresearch.com. Send us an email 24/7, and we've got customer service people, uh, you know, waiting to help you and give you information to open an account or you know to see our track record. Uh, our AI has, you know, vastly outperformed the markets and hedge funds and mutual funds at a fraction of the price. Um, you know, so we're really just about bringing the best product possible: uh, lower fees, higher returns. Total liquidity, uh, you know, it's your account and your name, uh, like any other E-Trade or Schwab account. So, um, you know, it's it's very transparent. Very good, very good. Yeah, and then I'm actually looking at your site right now, and one thing that I like, I like really clean, sleek sites, and and everything you guys have is on the front page. Just scroll down to it; it's it's all right there. And that's and we we love critical feedback. So if you've got any. Uh, you know, ideas on how to make our site better. Please, uh, you know, help us. Uh, you know, you know, even even teenagers can have some of the best ideas. So, uh, you know. Anyway, well, it was a pleasure to to be on today. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was great to have you on the show, and I always like to to. Uh you know, have people with interesting stories or that are doing interesting and, and really cool things in the world. And uh, so I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we'll have all the links in the show notes for everybody so they can get in touch, find out more, and uh, and uh, 
open an account, hopefully. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on today. We all know how hard it is to grow, right? Especially if we are in the first month or years of our journey, of our business startup, or we're coaching, or we're writing, and we want to spread the word about us. We all know that it is pretty difficult to get the word out there. But that's exactly where I come in. I want to host an ad about your business into my podcast, Impact by Choice. So look me up on LinkedIn, Andrada Anite, or reach out to David and he will help you get to me. I would love to work with you further on and I would love to help you boost the visibility of your brand.